The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A nice jolly intro, but the football on the pitch isn't too jolly at the minute, is it, boys? Welcome to the Talk of the Tune podcast. My name's Will. I'm your co-host with the co- Oh, did you actually just click your pen over me speaking? <laughs> I've just thrown, I've just thrown, the, I've Put just it thrown down. the pen across the room. <laughs> I told you about this, you penis. Anyway, yes, of course, I'm Will. I'm your co-host with the co-most. I'm joined here by Alex and by Hodge. Say hello. Hey. There we go. Right, we're into it. Are we into our flow yet? Who really knows? Do you want to talk about the Wolves result? 1-1 at Molyneux? Lackluster, no? wouldn't it? No. It's dreadful. Horribly. One thing came out of that game is Jacob Murphy can actually play football for once in his life. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Out of position as well, playing right wing back. Mad. Best of a bad bunch, I thought. Good goal, though. Took his free kick really well. I loved how honest he was in the in the post-match interview as well. He's like, I studied the goalkeeper. I knew he didn't like it low, so I went low. It's like, get in. Fair, though. Like, the, the keeper, like, he pulled out of making a full save because he knew he was going to crash into the post. So that's maybe what he doesn't like. <laughs> Butler, Not fully committed. Don't like bottlers around here. Don't like it. Don't like it. But yeah, it was kind of a meh result. I think we were actually quite lucky to come away with any form of point. I think to take a point if, off Wolves is a good result. Just having watched the way we play, it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I think if you'd if you'd just seen the score and you, you would have been like, oh, that was all right. If you hadn't watched the ninety minutes that had unfolded beforehand, ah, oh, it was fucking painful to watch. It was so bad. Couldn't string passes together. Couldn't even take throw-ins. I probably watched about three throw-ins where we either it missed the person it was going to or Wolves came away from our throw-in with possession straight away. We, we've never been able to take throw-ins. So I, I think we win the first header and then it's straight back to the opposition every time we take a throw-in. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, it, what made it really painful was like I was watching the Burnley-Tottenham match and I look at a team like Burnley who are coming up against probably more difficult opposition than Wolves on paper, you might say. And Burnley were like playing the ball quite well and they were stringing passes together. I'm like, with the quality in our team, why can't we just do that? Why can't we just pass a ball? It's your job. Mm. Like pass a ball and also make sure you pass it forward, you idiots. We did we did um, a little bit like, anyway. towards like the end of the game where a couple of things were kind of working away, but but yeah, but when we went one goal yeah, down... Yeah, it's not you have to go a goal behind in order to actually play any football. just don't get what Bruce gets out of this long ball over the top, trying to get Wilson in by himself. 
there's a photo that was put on Twitter. And it was like eight Wolves players were all in the box and Wilson was out down by the byline. It was like no Newcastle player in sight. It's mad, honestly. Just not the way to play with the players we've got. Mind you, having said that, after the huge build-up and people demanding you be put in the team, Ryan Fraser offered very little. Was he out of position though? Well, he was kind of like He's the right like side of the... Role, wasn't he? Yeah, it was weird. Him and Almiron, I thought Almiron worked his socks off, but the execution and the quality of his play was poor. He always gets praised because we all love him and because he does work his socks off. But in terms of results on the, the pitch and outcomes of his work, there wasn't really that much to show. I think I remember there being one good crossfield pass. That was kind of it. But anyway, I think we did well to come away with a point. Or we were lucky to come away with a point from that game. It won't be going down in the history books, though, will it? Not a good match at all. Anyway, on to the next one. So we have Everton on Sunday. What are we saying? Everton, obviously top of the league at the minute, which I think is a a small miracle given you've got fucking Jordan Pickford and his T-Rex arms Mm. in goal. What do we think of Everton so far? I think we've been a bit of a surprise package. I mean, I think if you look at the league at the start of the season, I don't think you would have picked Everton to be top after how many games is it? Seven, eight? But fair play to them. I think they probably hit a bit of a... It's only six games, sorry. Um... (laughs) Bit of a, a rocky patch uh, since the Liverpool game, uh, having lost Richarlison, uh, obviously Pickford's shocker, and Dino's red card against Southampton. So, Oh yeah, that's been reduced down to a one-match ban now, I think. But even still, he will be missing the, the game on Sunday, which is good. Which is good because he's he's a quality player, him. So yeah, probably probably the best time to play them. So let's keep our fingers crossed. We can actually play some decent football for once. It's going to mm. be interesting to see. They've definitely booked their ideas up from last year because they finished in the bottom half of the table last year. They finished twelfth. And obviously under Ancelotti, I think things are always going to go forward for them. They really turned it on since he joined. And obviously getting Calvert-Lewin to start bagging goals has been great for them. And obviously Richardson chipped in as well. I think they're definitely a force to be reckoned with this season. I wouldn't really take them lightly. Is Richarlison out at the minute? Is he on a is He, on he a was ban? on a red card. Sure yeah, he's on a ban for a red card. off against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah mad. I think it's mad how, how well they're doing so far this season. I mean, James Rodriguez has been an absolute steal, it seems, at 20 million quid or I think something around that. They brought in this Abdoulaye Dekoure as well from... They completely switched up their midfield. I mean, last year, what were they operating with? Um, Morgan Schneiderlin, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie uh, Sigurdsson's a good called? player, I think. Yeah, he's a bit past it now, though, yeah, isn't he? Delph. What was the one they got from uh, Delph? That's it, Fabian Delph, the little the snake. Old cut, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, they still got that Czech Tosun or whatever it was, the Turkish guy that we were meant to be... Oh, Cenk Tosun, yeah. He didn't, he didn't, I'm not sure where he is, actually, isn't it? says he on loan at Palace. Email, there you go. I think that's one area I think Ancelotti's really kind of showing his involvement and that it's an Ancelotti team now. He's come in and he's completely upgraded that midfield. You've got Allen come in from Napoli, Ducure come in, you've got James Rodriguez come in. Like that's a fucking that's a great midfield three. And when you bring Richarlison kind of sitting between the striker and the midfield, he's a good bridge of that gap. And then you've got Calvert Lewin fucking banging them in up top as well. Bit of a force to be reckoned with so far actually. Very much so. I think that Bernard as well has been quite decent for them. He's um, stepped in a little bit. They've still got some people that can come on and do a little bit as well, like Yannick Balassi. They've got him as well. He can definitely turn up on some days. I thought they were trying to get rid of Yannick Balassi. Well, Balassi was supposed to be going out on loan to 
Burrow was or something, wasn't he? 25 million quid they spent on him from Palace, yeah. Mad. He's not really done much for them, has he, though? How are we going to line up then, do you reckon? Because I think uh, Shelby's still going to be out, isn't he? Because he's had an operation today? He's had had four weeks. He's completely out. I don't know what the crack is with Hayden. I would definitely say two of our stronger players out. Um, for probably for this game, which is not going to be the best, it means yeah, Hendricks going to step up, and whoever else he puts in the middle with him is going to have to really go for it. Well, you could probably speculate as much as you want on what the fucking lineup's going to be. It's just a mystery until an hour before the game, and we see it come up on Twitter. I mean, I don't think anyone could have fucking called that team. I think a few people were probably quite excited to see that team against Wolves, but then reality, when it came down to it, was we weren't really very attacking or that attacking at all. So it's a bit of an anti-climax. I think it'd be pretty similar to to the Wolves game. I think Bruce will look at it in a similar sense. You've got quite an attacking team in Everton. So let's go through at the back, sit deep and play on the counter. We've just not got anything, anything mm. to link the midfield and the forwards, really. If we're going to sit back and if we regain possession, like against Wolves, it was just a big lump forward. No one was there to to really take control of the play. And I think, obviously, if we add Shelby, I think that would be a different a different kind of ball game. A quick release pass that's driven along the floor to someone running wide rather than just a big lump up into the flanks. Is, um, it's got a bit more direction to it and a bit more savvy nature. But obviously, we're gonna definitely going to miss that. And I don't see Longstaff coming in and stepping up and taking that place or really Hendricks. No. I think one thing we're massively missing, whether it's a tactic or whether it's players' desire, is like pressure on the ball. There's no real pressure on the ball when the opponents have possession if you press the ball and you press it quite high up the team you're playing against is maybe prone to make mistakes but we're just sitting back we're sitting so deep at the minute we're letting them kind of attack at will just in the hope that Fernandez and Lascelles and Cher as it was on whenever we played Wolves can deal with the threat coming into the box I don't know, just show a bit of fucking intent and drive and, you know, go out there, go and win the ball high up the pitch, put a bit of pressure on. You've got runners in that team, like force them into making a mistake and then your brand or this supposed brand of counter-attacking football can come in. Fed up now, like, there's one huge argument to say that you, you look at the points on the board and you think that's a decent return and you should be happy with that. I think it's one of the best starts to Premier League season that we've had in years. I don't want to keep banging the drum, but it's just so fucking miserable to watch sitting through 90 minutes until we had a little bit of excitement i didn't even celebrate when the fucking goal went in i was in too much of a fucking huff <laughs> after watching jimenez there you go stand and deliver one nil to wolves i was in such a fucking huff after that just like nah this is it i'm fed up then the goal went in i'm like eh, okay good really pleased for murphy but i've just sat through 90 minutes again of total shite Hodge, i know you got something well, to say. i was just going to say like the point of bruce and maybe is that tactic thing of what what women to do what does i would love to know or be able to listen to bruce's talk in the dressing room i'd love to like the 15 minutes before they all go out i want to know what he talks about does he actually even mention any sort of uh, he must mention some sort of tactics but apart from just get it boot it long a bit lads and we'll just hold where we are does he say anything to like let's try and get it down and play let's be smart a bit more does he even rile the players up because I, I don't know if he's got a bad bone in his body to do that and be that bastard you know what I mean he's so laid back he's horizontal man oh it's alright lads go out there and have fun and uh, yeah just try try not to concede that's it it's like, shut up Stevie I bet that's something get along out. the lines of what he comes out with I just want to show some intent. I want to be excited again. All I want to watch is good football. I want to see a professional football team in the Premier League string some passes together and string some passes together going forward and just create a chance. 
I mean, we had to wait for a set piece. I think we had Callum Wilson had maybe had one chance to on goal from a long ball from Cher or maybe Fernandez. I can't remember, but it came over the top. He should have taken it first time. He let it run a little bit too much and then the chance is kind of gone. But that was it, really. It's all I can really think of. Alan Samaxima, I think, maybe cut off the, the left wing. It was a deflected shot. Went as past well. the player and had a shot. Yeah, was it was very early on, wasn't it? This is what I mean, man. I can't even remember. It's that unmemorable, if that's a word. I can't even remember these things. I was just too busy. I'm a huff. Let's try it on the past and let's hope for a bit more optimism going forward. We can all fuck up. <laughs> Move it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Everton will be looking to bounce back. Obviously, their latest result. They've lost 2-0 to Southampton. They've had Luca Dina sent off. I think they'll be looking to kind of get back on track. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin is, is a huge threat. How do we think Cher, Fernandez, all the cells will deal with him? In past games where I've watched it at St. James's, He's been very tricky with likes of Lascelles and Fernandez. They haven't really got as much sharpness as, as what he has. He's very tricky to keep a hold of. It's what has made him a bit more prolific for the start of this season. I, I really don't know how they're going to kind of cope. Nothing's really going to go aerial to them, so they're not going to win too many of those battles. But I wonder if they bring someone a little bit deeper to stop balls getting into his feet and try and have someone coming in deep and man marking him for through runs maybe just mm. to try and block him out with numbers but then if you try and put too many players on him and you leave other players out of the game that could probably mop up stuff for them like Rodriguez and his mate you know? interesting fact he scored in the previous two games against us Calvert-Lewin he got one in that 2-2 draw when Florian Lejeune got the two um, injury time goals. And then in the game before that, he actually got a brace when we lost 2-1 at home to Everton. Fabian Scher got the goal for us. It sounds like he likes playing against us. And to be honest, if I was a Premier League striker, I think I'd quite like playing against us as well because we're shit. Not to be down. But yeah, I think he'll be, he might be relishing the opportunity. I think there'll definitely be chances for them. We are the kind of team that will be picked apart by a, a tricky and skillful team. I'm not sure counter-attack is going to be the best tactic against Everton, though. Let's take it away from Newcastle a little bit because we're getting a bit depressed. Let's go and have a laugh at Jordan <laughs> Jordan the Mac and Pickford in his, uh, his <laughs> amazing season so far in the Premier tiny League. Tiny little arms. <laughs> his tiny is little he, arms. Is he still England's number one, do you reckon? No. Carl <clears throat> no. Darlow is England's number one, clearly. Mm. Although he's, uh, he's dropped his first clanger well, some would say dropped his first clang against Wolves. I think fucking Carl Darlow's had a much better season than, than Jordan Pickford so far. He's just too prone to making mistakes. Gray, I know this is a, a topic that's close to your heart. Goalkeeepers making mistakes. What do you reckon? He's just quite hot-headed at times, isn't he? I think he uh, acts before he thinks a lot of the time. I think that tackle on Van Dijk is a prime example of it. He just rushes out, not really thinking about what he's up to, and then just actually acts his... The commentator um, said that he's more like an excited puppy. He just gets too ahead of himself. Like I think that's what you're like the point yeah, that you're making. It's, there, it's probably a really good, really really good analogy. Yeah, can't contain it. I think in terms of a goalkeeper, he's yeah, he's, he is one of the best in the country. But I think it's just those moments of madness which mm. severely cost him. And I think if we're talking about playing for England, if we get to a World Cup semi final, we can't afford a goalkeeper to have that one moment of madness which kids give away a penalty, put it down to 10 men. Let's take it back a sec. I'd quite like to know, you say he's one of the best goalkeepers in the country. What are his strengths? Because shot stopping, I'm not sure that's top on his kind of skill set. He's quite prone to letting things squeeze under him or through him. Um, His distribution's good. 
That's one thing you'll give him. He can he can ping the ball about, but he's not really that good at claiming the ball in the air. He's not a good commander of his box. I just, I, I don't know. I just don't see him as being that good a goalkeeper. And it's not even bias. I mean, there's a little bit of bias because he's a sad Mac and bastard. And he got his, uh, he got his just, just desserts when he came to uh, Newcastle. He started winding the fans up. He saved a penalty, didn't he, against us not long ago? He started, or what, what was it? A few. Maybe a couple of seasons ago, where he started getting into the it's crowd, we were losing two and nil. We went, we turned around and yeah, won was, it. Yeah, that was, was it. Yeah, yeah that was, was it. Um, we were losing two nil, and he kept like winding up the fans. They, well, they were trying to wind him up, but he was getting the better of it. And then the first goal went in, and then his head just went like he didn't know what to do. The fans were so on him at every single moment. They wouldn't have been letting him have any any thought to himself. Uh, he was standing so far out um, of the eighteen yard box at some points of that game, just to try and get away. <laughs> from from the from the noise that people were making around him, and then yeah, he just he just couldn't couldn't finish that game off in any <laughs> sound state. It might have been good for them in a tactical play for them to actually change the keeper. It would have been horrific for his morale, but they might not have lost the game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's just a, he's just a hot headed idiot, isn't he? Really, I don't really rate him at in all. Terms of, in terms of in terms of goalkeepers, then for the town, Darlo or Dubravka at the minute, I'd still go Dubravka. I think. Bit more of a presence, I think probably a better shot stopper. Like I would probably back him to save that Yemenez shot Sunday. There's not much in it, but I think Dubravka is a slightly better keeper. Yeah, I'd probably go Dubravka as well, but it also raises the question like if Darlow's going to have, you know, he's going to be in stonking form for the next few games and people are going to start sniffing around, we can't keep two really good goalkeepers on the books. So is someone going to come in for him? I'd love to keep him as like a second choice keeper and for us to have the option of having two first team keepers. I don't know, people might start sniffing around soon like they did for Emiliano Martinez at Arsenal. We've always been quite decent with keepers though over the years. We've always had a very solid pair of hands between the sticks, but... uh... When Dubravka is fit again, I don't see him getting straight back in the team. I think it would be very harsh on Darlo. He also might have to nurse him back and mm. bring him back into the fold quite gently. Yeah. But yeah, I think Dubravka is still number one mm. choice. Like you just go back to his debut against Man United. Like he's the type of like inspired goalkeeper who can like his performance can kind of push on the rest of the team. I'm not sure you necessarily get that from from Darlo. He's, he's been really good. I don't want to take anything away from him, but your first choice, your first choice, isn't it? He's yeah. Dubravka's oh, number yeah. one on his back on his day. Nothing's getting past Dubravka. But yeah, I think, I think to be fair, it's, it's just a really healthy position to be in. I think even uh, Mark Gillespie, I think he's he's shown what he's capable of in, in the cup matches. And I think we've got a strong goalkeeper lineup at the minute. And I think it's a good place to be. Shea Given has been at his brilliant best right from the start today. Right, with all that said then, what do we reckon the scores are going to be on Sunday? Let's start with Monsieur... Hodgson. Hmm. He's going to try and keep it tight and just defend and defend and defend. I think it'll work for a little bit, but we'll... pools will open again. I don't know if it's going to be a proper thumping, but I think we're going to be taught a lesson, but not on the scoreline. I think it'll be 2 0 to Everton. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I've got nothing good to say about Bruce's tactics and how Newcastle play at the minute. Even if we were coming up it's... against fucking Fulham, I think we'd probably say a draw. Yeah. <laughs> Best. It's really hard to be positive. Yeah. No, I totally, I, I totally understand. Gray, um, I think one thing going in our favour is Everton have conceded quite a few goals already this season as well. I think we've conceded nine in the six games. So I'm going to see, I'm going to back us to score a couple, but yeah, Everton might do the same. So two, two, two. We're so optimistic. Oh, Go on, Will, finish it off. <laughs> 
Well, we've had one loss, one draw. I think that only leaves me in one position. I'm going to go for a horrible loss for the two. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-one for the tune. Hopefully, I don't know. Is it? It's a bit cyclical at the minute. Like started off with a really good result against West Ham, then it was a bit shit, and then we got a good result against Burnley, and then it was a bit shit, and it still is a bit shit. I'm hoping we're kind of at that point in the cycle where we're like, okay, we can actually play football if we try and if we, you know, if we do something. I don't know. He's he's been experimenting with the lineups quite a lot over the last few matches. Hopefully, he can find a, a combination from the teams that have won and the teams that have played well, and he'll put that team out on Sunday. But yeah, I'm going for two one to the tune. To be fair, we are due a win. Looking at a home form, it's currently loss, win, loss, win, loss. So uh, okay. we are we are due a win. Please, football gods, all I want is to be happy during a football match. Is that too much to ask for, like? Have you seen this? Nah, let's not go into it too much. I was going to say, have you seen this new uh, appeal, this legal appeal being fronted by a, a Toon fan group? But I think we'll probably cover that once it uh, once the story has had a chance to materialise a little I bit more. I think more. that's a full episode show topic, isn't it? I think it? it might be, you know. I'll have to bring one Watch bring this one space, back. listeners, if you're there. Does anyone listen? I hope so. <laughs> if they made it this far after our uh, sheer negativity, then well played. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. I can go through the first fucking 20 minutes of a podcast being like, oh, I hate my life. It's all shit. Newcastle is shit. Yeah, I still go for a 2-1 win prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Got to at least pretend to be positive in some aspects of your life, don't you? Even if you're a Newcastle fan. Both Newcastle players clearly fancy it. But it would have to be something special from here. It's Robert. Oh! And just how special! Hodge, I believe you might have some quiz questions for of us, do you? Of course I do, man. Of course I do. Let's pick the pace of this back up again, eh? Let's have some fun. Aye. The Everton Review Quiz. Take it away. Hodge's Quiz Corner, where the questions are always mint. Pew, pew. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, great. Whoa, sometimes, yeah. Uh, unless I get called out. Come on, Grey. Uh, right. Question. <laughs> These are kind of obviously linked with Everton. It's an Everton-based preview show, so it's a bit of a oh, yeah. bit of a mix of both worlds, Everton and NUFC. Question one. You like this one, Will? I hope so. Who has longer arms, Jordan Pickford or a T-Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Question um, one. Who has longer arms, Jordan Pickford or a T-Rex? I have trolled the internet for an accurate answer as well, so it, it's it's right, it's okay. tight. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, Presumably, we're talking like relative to the size of their body. We're not saying because obviously a T Rex is fucking massive. But their arms. Like, All right, okay. A T Rex. I get. Average, are you saying is it like relative to the size? Average of them, length or? of a T Rex arm was was three foot. Oh, okay. Really? So, so yeah, their arms that, really that they, short. Arms They've got to be longer. They've got to be what? longer than Pickford's. Three foot. If you oh, put your arms Pickford. out to your side, that's how tall you are. Ah, that's your height. Yeah, that's your height. Mm. So six he's, foot. I think he's above. I think he's taller than six foot. But he's got short arms. He, got, he must be. He's, he's, got, he's got shoulders. Remember, he's not ah, all fuck. arms. All right then, fucking smart ass. What's your answer? <laughs> I said T Rex. You gone T Rex? Oh, I'll go Pickford then. T Rex, obviously. Because your arms, your arms aren't just the length of it. Your body's included in that across the shoulder, isn't it? So yeah. Oh, Grey with the off. science. He'd be, he'd, be, he'd be about uh, seventy. He'd be about seven foot tall. Yeah. 
You let me down <laughs> as fucking... with the science. Nah, that's bullshit. One point to Grey. Nah, get in, lad. Well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Science. Getting in there. You left the, you left the body bit out. <laughs> anyway, move on. Let's <laughs> sulk again. Uh, question two. Uh, it was meant to be a good question about Everton, but Grey ruined it in the uh, pre-show. Uh, I don't even remember it, to be honest. Uh, I do. <laughs> so I've changed it. I've changed it. Who has the most appearances for Everton in the Premier League? Oh, can we have a can we have a choice of three? Maybe you can have a choice of three. Thanks very much. No, I've lost my. Phone. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Who wants to be a millionaire? I'll give you hints, like yeah, go on. He's then. American. Oh. oh, Tim Howard. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 354 appearances only two ahead of Leon Osman bloody hell didn't realise Howard was there that long oh, absolute time man played every, played pretty much every game didn't he yeah. question three then since our first match versus Everton in 1898 who has won more games I know this one is well because I had a look at it earlier. god uh, oh, oh where, man Gray. <laughs> cheating Gray's, Gray's out of this now McClark <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He didn't have any time to prepare any fucking questions, but he's had some time to cheat. Up. Um, right, it's down to me then. Who's won more games? I think Everton have won more games. Everton have won 74. Newcastle have won 66 games, it should be. Yeah. Didn't look that closely, did you, Green, you dickhead? <laughs> Question four. Big Duncan Ferguson has played for both teams. But who does he have a better strike rate for? Is it Newcastle or Everton? I'll give. When we say strike rate, is that number goals of per goals game. or is that like goals, goals per, per game? game? Okay, okay. So, do you want me to give you um, his goals and games at Newcastle United to help you? Yes, please. So please. between ninety eight and two thousand, he's played thirty games and scored eight goals, giving him a naught point two six strike rate. So is that higher or lower than his strike rated Everton? Mm. Have you had a look at this one yet, Gray? I haven't. Uh, Fer- I'm going to say Ferguson, Duncan Ferguson played 230 games for Everton, if that helps. It does not. He's got a lower strike rate for Newcastle. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So Hodge, he had how many games? So he had how many goals and how many games for the two? 30 games, eight goals. Okay. And then how many games for 230 Everton? 230 games. Okay. So he'd need... To be at the same level, he'd need about uh, 60, 60 goals at the same strike rate for Everton. 60 goals. And how many years was he there? Uh, he had two stints. One was 94 to 98, and then he did 2000 to something else. I can't remember what the other one was. So, like, what? He had 107 games in his first time, and then he had 130 games in his second time or something like that. He's probably there about eight years then. About that, yeah. Eight, nine years. 60. Christ alive. I think he's got a higher strike rate for Everton. His highest strike rate was at Newcastle United. Oh, fuck off. I even tried to work that one out. He's had a 0.27 oh. uh, at, at Newcastle and at Everton was 0.25. He scored 58 goals in 230 appearances oh, for Everton. What? Yeah. Brum, brum, brum. Oh, I'm well annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I even tried to work that one out as well. I was trying to and be clever. Your, your last question. So Dixie Dean is the infamous Everton striker who scored a total of 60 goals in one season in a top flight league. There's two players tied on second place with 34 goals apiece. These are both 
from the Premier League era as well. Can you tell me the players? Andy Cole, one of them? He is. Oh, I think I might have the other one as well. Andy Cole played 40 games and scored 34 goals for the tune. I know he had a blistering season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a great season. Um, The other one, great. Any ideas? I've got an idea. I was saying Thierry Henry, but I think he's not quite there. Terry Uh, Henry? Thierry Henry uh, is not right. He scored 30 goals and he did that in 37 games. He is sixth in the list or fifth in the list. Idiot. Um, I don't think it's Big Al, because that would have been too obvious. So who are you going to go with? Oh, I think it is then. Mm, my other one was maybe Chris Sutton? Uh, no, Chris Sutton is not there. Okay. Well, you didn't say no to Shearer, so should we go for Alan Shearer? It was Alan Shearer. Ah, for Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers, played 42 games and scored 34 goals in the 94-95 season. Yeah, but who was he playing alongside? Chris Sutton. He didn't Did score the goals, Some obviously. It was assists. Some logic to it there. Um, oh, I, there M2, which is, I mean, to score 60 goals in a top flight league's pretty good going. Like, obviously, different era, different time. You, can't, you can argue that. But I think 34 goals apiece, I don't think anyone's going to be really troubling 60 of it. No, I don't think there's any real strikers left anymore. Well, the, the, the conventional striker is kind of dying out now, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, good round of questions again, Hodge. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. Stop revising next time, Green. <laughs> no, right. he, tries to, <laughs> he tries to sabotage you first, yeah. and then the question he does let you ask, he already knows the answer to. But yeah, I think that just probably about rounds it up for this episode, unless you guys have got anything else to add. Don't think so. No, as usual. To the lads. What I would say quickly is, we've got out of a habit of saying it now, actually. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. Also find us on Facebook by searching Talk of the Tune Podcast. If you have a chance, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, then please drop us a five-star rating. Even if you don't think it's worthy, we would really <laughs> appreciate the five stars. See you play. All that's left now is to say Auf Wiedersehen and all that. So say goodbye. See you later. Thanks for joining. Goodbye. Thanks very much. Good luck to the lads on Sunday. There's that pen again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.